Welcome to the Kyra Mom Podcast. Three moms who are chiropractors discussing life, health, business, and friendship. We know how hard it is to try to be everything for everybody. We believe you can do anything, but not everything. I'm Dr. Holly, lover of all things numbers and health. I'm a profit coach for chiropractors, wife to a sports chiro, and mom to two kid chefs. And I'm Dr. Sarah, founder of a wellness center in rural Wyoming. I'm a wife, mother, and lover of horses, books, and mountains. I'm Dr. Goldie, a small biz CEO, a business coach for Cairo Moms, and a wife, mother, California mermaid, and a mini farmer. If you are a stressed out, overwhelmed mom trying to do it all, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome to the Cairo Mom podcast. This is episode 12. 12. Episode 12. (laughs) Um, And today we're going to be talking about, um, there was a question that came in and we're going to be talking about how to sort of run your business, um, secrets or hacks, if you will, um, systems that we're using in our in our lives um, as moms who are running a practice who are trying not to be workaholics and how to sort of turn off our business brain and be more present with our family. But first, yeah, let's, we'll start with what we're reading. Holly, have you read anything good lately? Um, I just finished The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. And um, how did I end up on this book? I think that I I had seen a show or something that um, came from a book that she had written. And rather than going and reading the book that I just watched the show about, I found other books that she had written. And so I landed on this one. It was just the one that was available in my uh, library app. But The Great Alone, it was a really great um, novel about... Um, a girl who grows up grows up in Alaska. Her parents moved to Alaska in the 1970s with like not an idea of what they're doing. <laughs> so oh my gosh! It's all I about... started that book and I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't read it. It got really. <laughs> I could tell it was going to get super creepy. Oh! And I was like, I just can't read this book. Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't associate with creepy. I mean, there definitely is. Um, so her father in the book is a Vietnam War veteran, so there's definitely some PSD triggers and stuff like that that happen. But um, I don't know. I just really like the story. I, I like to find that I like to alternate, like, reading fiction like that, that kind of, you know, gets me through the day. And then I'll go to nonfiction, either a business book or um, something else. I don't know. I just like to alternate like that. I've been trying to do that too. I definitely tend towards nonfiction. Um, I've been trying to like keep myself mixed up. So I just finished um, If the Creek Don't Rise, which is set in Appalachia um, in um, very rural Kentucky in the, I think, 19, oh gosh, I'm not sure, 40s or 50s. But um, that's kind of where my family's from. And so it's really interesting to read about that time period and what those people lived through, um, just the absolute poverty um, and the awful conditions of the coal mines. Um, it's a really well-written, you know, historical fiction. Yeah, Sarah, when you said that, I was like, that sounds like my nigga would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Living in Tennessee for the last oh, almost 10 years and growing up in the panhandle of Florida, too. I mean, not, not, it's not Alicia, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoy historical fiction. Um, my dad was born in Kentucky, and so my grandparents are all 
coal miners from a very for a, a very long time before that. The other one I just finished um, that I think lots of people would enjoy is called Moms Don't Have Time to a Quarantine Anthology. And it is just a, um, a book of essays written by moms about the pandemic. Like, I don't know how they got this published in, I guess we've had a whole year. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, it's a really good read. It, it really illustrates the different perspectives, all of the different experiences that women have been through in the last year and how how differently we were all impacted, but we've all been impacted in some way, in some dramatic way. Um, it's funny. It's 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 rather uplifting because it just kind of shows you that we're, you're not alone. Um, and yeah, what a great read. Hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention that when we talked about our yearly review. I know, right? <laughs> Actually, I thought towards the end of when, when we recorded that episode was in my mind, I thought, I wonder how long it's going to take until, you know, people start writing books about this time, right? Because I had actually um, just finished um, listening to The Only Plane in the Sky, which is an oral history of people's accounts of 9-11. So um, and it was recommended for our book club to read it this year on the 20th anniversary. But I mean, I just jumped right in. I was like, I, I have to listen to that right now. I didn't know about it. Um, so yeah, that, that thought came to my mind about the pandemic, like hearing people's stories through that. So that's perfect. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Holly, I'm also reading a book by Kristen Hanna. I had to look it up when you mentioned it. I thought, what? I think that's the author of the book I'm reading right now. Um, Firefly Lane. And so it's about these two girls who meet in junior high and they're best friends and they have this, you know, relationship that spans years and 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 boyfriends and husbands and careers and um just a really beautiful you know novel one of them comes from a really stable home and the other one comes from a really unstable home and just their different strengths and weaknesses and how they uh, you know are jealous of each other's experiences but 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 love each other for them and um find strength in their in their friendship over the span of time for any woman who who is close to girlfriends um, it's a great book so that's the show that's a show it's on netflix now and i know you're not a big tv watcher but that's oh. a show that i watch on netflix yeah oh that's cool <laughs> same book maybe that's why our book oh. club is reading it <laughs> you have to watch that cool firefly lane huh okay yeah, it definitely leaves you wanting more. So I'm curious, Goldie, maybe off air, we'll have to chat. Um, I feel like this show is definitely set up for another season. So I wonder how far the book goes or if they're oh. taking the liberties to keep keep it going because it definitely left off like sort of at a cliffhanger for the oh, first season. So. Yeah, my guess is that, so I think it's, there's several like, seasons of their life that they go through. There's like the girlhood friendship, and then there's the college years, and then there's the young adult. Now they're kind of in the one of them's having a baby and the other one's early in her career. And so I haven't seen the series, but, and I haven't finished the book, but because I think it's like, I don't know, 18 hours. So I still have eight hours to go <laughs> of my audiobook. <laughs> okay. So today um, we were you know going to talk about systems uh, kind of based off that question. Um, I sort of had the idea of like, um, what's a day in the life of either one of us? Because, you know, we are all three moms, we are all the, the chiropractors, but it doesn't mean that we spend our days the same, right? Um, so I think for me, I, um, I don't know, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me. I really like routines and structure, 
but I also really like doing different things on different days. And I know, you know maybe you two can relate to this as well. Like I just like to have variety and, um, and not make things monotonous, even though like in the office setting, you have different patients coming in. So you always have, you know, a flow or a different energy of people that are coming in. Um, but I'm curious with how you set up your schedules, um, sort of based on your energy throughout the week, that sort of thing. So my schedule goes all the way back to when my 11 year old, um, was a baby and she did not take bottles. (laughs) So, and we lived a half an hour away at that time from my office. So I literally set up my schedule so that I could be away from from her and see as many patients as I could until she needed to eat again. (laughs) So that's what I did. And I have obviously slowly evolved that over time, but always my work schedule is set to fit the needs of my family and my kids. And I'm super grateful to be self-employed and have the ability to do that. Um, that, but that is a huge part of like why my life flows well, because I was able to set that. And I, so I, I pick up my kids three days of a week from school, which I really love. My husband gets them the other two because I work two afternoons slash evenings a week, but I love that about my schedule. Yeah. I think, um, I had started probably after I had my second, so probably five years ago, um, just started taking off. Um, at least Monday mornings. Right now I take off the whole day on Monday because I found, you know, especially back in those days where we were traveling and it just seems like our weekends were so jam-packed that, you know, working first thing Monday morning was just like, I have to have time to get my life back in order. And I know, Sarah, you you sit down on Sundays and you do that. But like back in those days, for some reason, Sundays were just not an option. Like we literally weren't even home till Sunday, 10 p.m. And, you know, Monday, 8 a.m. came rolling around. So I started taking off at least Monday mornings Um, Just to sort of, you know, get my head wrapped around what's coming up this week, what's going on, get the house back a little bit in order. Um, So that's one thing I definitely highly recommend. And then our, you know, our schedule evolved too, where, you know, as a family or, you know, my husband and I, we take off Friday afternoons. So Friday is never a late day um, for us work-wise, just so we can, you know, both pick up our kids from school and just have an afternoon of, of family time too. When my kids were little, I worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, in a chiropractic world when people are in acute pain, having the three times a week, you know, worked. And so I've always sort of kept that three days a week. I've added now Thursdays um, once both my kids were (laughs) in school, um, having the flexibility of when to open and when to close is just remarkable. And when I moved from my office, like from Watsonville to Aptos, which is like 15 miles, I really, Friday afternoon was so busy in my old town. That was like my busiest shift. Everybody wanted to come in Friday before the weekend. Um, But once I was here in this part of town, nobody wanted to come in on Fridays and I just started closing early. So, um, so that's lovely. I, I really enjoy my Friday afternoons starting a little earlier. Um, I probably revisit my schedule and change and shift my hours about five or six times a year, um, especially when the kids were little and things changed. Like the summer season has a really different flow than the fall and back to school season and soccer games and practices. And so because my husband was always, you know, traveling and I had to be doing a lot of the stuff during during the week, 
I would shift my hours very frequently. And so that that has always been something I sit down and I look at the next, you know, 10 weeks and think, what is going to work right now? Through the pandemic, it's been very stable. And that's um, sort of odd <laughs> for me. Yeah, I think that, you know, working for yourself, like it's definitely it's definitely an evolution. I know schedule wise has been for me and, and for my husband as well. But you know, just giving yourself the permission to do it is the first step and knowing that your clients or your patients are going to, um, are going to follow you and it's all going to work out. I know that, um, you know, working as a coach and mentor for chiropractors that there are so many times where people are so afraid to make a change because they think that their business is going to fail, you know, if they take off Friday afternoons or don't work Tuesday morning or whatever, but that's just, that's just not what happens. <laughs> Right. I mean, Goldie, I know you've, mm-hmm. you've seen that before. It's like you just you make a change and you, you keep on growing and adapting and things are just fine or they're wildly better and more successful on the other side. Yeah. And I think when I was a young mom and my kids were little and we were doing play groups and we had preschool, like the morning times, all my friends who had, you know, young children like those, like they dropped the kids at preschool and they could come in in the morning. Well, a lot of the people that I interact now with now are not in that phase of life. I still have, you know, a few early mornings on my schedule, but starting later hasn't been a problem. In fact, it's giving me more energy to be able to enjoy the the, the ideal life that I want to live. That's a good point right there that I also try to set my schedule as much as I can to what works for my energy to w- maximize my energy because that's what is a finite resource. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we talked about the feminine energy cycle in a previous episode. And so there's a monthly flow to how things might shift in my energy and what I get scheduled. Um, But on a weekly basis, I, I haven't really been able to super batch how I use my time like this. And that's something that I think um, I can probably play with more like this week, I batch this or on this day, I batch that because I'm spending so much of my time just client focused. It's the same week to week. Yeah, good point. One of the things that I recommend first when I say I'm talking to a a woman who's a, you know, a working mom who's had her first baby and is trying to figure out how to go back to work and all that is that I I really try to tell her that she's got to have time in her week that she's not, you know, so seeing patients or parenting. Like as a professional, you know, we have to have scheduled paperwork time. You know, I call that admin time. I have to have time built into my week to do those things. Because when I didn't, because I didn't do this for a while, I completely always felt overwhelmed and behind. Because the second I was done with patients, I was out the door to my children. And then, you know, I was with my children until the very last minute that I needed to be back to the office with my patients. And that did not work for very long before I was exhausted. So now I have a much better schedule where, you know, I have time built in for the the admin tasks. I've got time built in for what I we call CEO time, which is like high level thinking planning that I need to do. And then I have white space blocked off on my calendar, which I did not do when my children were little, where I just have time to be me. And I treasure that. And I'm a much better mother because of that. What do you do on your white space, Sarah? I often take walks. Sometimes I take a nap. <laughs> walks and naps. <laughs> Reading. Yeah. Out, yeah. Riding Outside my horse. Time. Yeah, I was about to say your, your uh, animals. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Your animals. Gardening. 
Yep. But yes, that's so common that we that women don't think that they maybe need or deserve like to pay for enough childcare that you have that extra time, but you you need it. It's oh critical. Gosh. One of the you know, I think the 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 sooner that you can pay for help, the better. So pay for help cleaning your house if you can. Pay for help with childcare so that you can get the work done that you need. Obviously, if you have a full-time job, you're going to need a lot more childcare than sort of a part-time job. Um, but you are going to really struggle to, to generate income if you're not having focus time for the income producing activities. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, specifically in the question that we got was like, how do I turn my business brain off? Well, it may be, that that's just your personality and that, you know, business ideas are always coming and going and flowing. But I think more often is that that feeling of, of overwhelm because you didn't get to a place where, it, you know, you felt confident not thinking about it for a certain amount of time. So, you know, one of the systems that I remember that we implemented um, for me was is actually what sort of turned into a passion of mine now is a way to manage cash flow and paying bills and just managing the finances of the business um, using a system that's called Profit First. So now I help and mentor um, other chiropractors implementing this in in their practice, but it's not chiropractic specific. So for anybody listening to this, you know, if you have a business, um, you know, you can go and you can read the book and you can implement something like that because it helps you, at least help me, to turn off my brain you know, when it came to paying the bills of the business and getting the taxes ready and all those things, because I had a structure behind when it was time to think about those and when it wasn't. So that that actually, I think, was a big thing with turning off the business brain. So one thing we wanted to talk about in today's episode was um, a way to think about the tasks that you have to do in your life and in your business. Um, the first thing... Um, that I sort of think about if there's something that I'm doing in my life is, is this, is this something that I really need to do? Like treating patients? Yes, I have to treat my patients. Um, But, you know, emptying the garbage at the end of the day, is that something I need to do? Or is that something that I can delete? No, the garbage needs to get taken out every day. What about like writing, um, sending, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that I that I that I deleted, but I sort of look at it and I think to myself, can I delete this activity? Is this something that I really need to do, or is this something I can actually let go of doing? Is this super critical? Um, one thing I used to do all the time was write um, a thank you note, and 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 then I would get really stressed out, like I haven't sat down to write thank you notes in a month, and 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 this was one of the things that I just sort of let go of in the pandemic. You know what? Right now, writing thank you notes and having that to-do thing on my list every month is not um, something that I want to stress about. And I just sort of deleted that activity from my list. And and I'm just okay with that right now. Sometimes I get inspired and I do write thank you notes. But it's not like a daily or weekly or monthly task anymore. I've deleted the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we find that a lot of times in systems of, you know, people's workplaces where things get done and passed on, you know, from employee to employee. And then you maybe have some new fresh blood that comes in and they ask, why are we doing this? It's like, well, we're doing this because that's the way it's always been done. It's like, but what is it doing? Like, is it vital? Do we have to hold on to it? Can we reinvent? Can we, you know, spice it up a little bit? Um, You know, I think just this week, 
we had interns um, out at our house and we were talking about like, you know, different systems within a chiropractic office. And there are definitely times where you have to have a fail safe. I remember, um, you know, it was probably second or third year in practice and we went to go log into our our practice management system with all of the schedule and the patient notes and everything there. And there was nothing there. I think Goldie, you may have had the same system at that time. Did you go through that? Yeah. So that was fun. And it was like, it was black. <laughs> you were blacked out for, I don't remember it was a week or 10 days. But it's like, we literally had no idea who was coming in. So out of that, we said, okay, great. Now, every afternoon, it is, a you know, the receptionist's job to write out the schedule for the next day. So if we come in and nothing works, we at least know who's about to walk in the door. I think that's such a great framework to consider um, when you're just looking at, at everything at home, at work, delegate, automate, or delete, you know, and then you get, then it helps you boil down to what you actually need to have on your calendar, on your to-do list, et cetera. We can actually add an extra D on the end of that. So D-A-D-D, delegate, automate, delete, or do. Like, can you just do it right away? Just do it. And then it's done. It's not there. <laughs> All right, so we were just talking about the delegate, automate, delete, or do. So Holly, I love what you were saying about profit first. That to me is an automation in terms of the finances of your business. Um, If you are struggling with turning off your business brain, knowing that you have all these automations in place can be really, really helpful. Um, I don't have to think about calling to confirm my appointments the next day because I have a software in place managing my schedule to send that sends text messages that makes phone calls that sends emails and and people who have appointments can just confirm and that all happens electronically. And that's been a really beautiful way to sort of automate something that you know, used to take hours and hours of receptionist time in the clinic. Yeah, I think other tools, you know, just basic business that's not going to be um, chiropractic specific is like if you have a presence on social media, like you don't have to, you know, think about every single day what's something that I can post. You can give yourself permission to say, we're doing three posts a week. I don't know if you've noticed, this is what the Chiromom podcast does actually, um, is that we, we break up the responsibilities Um, You know, one person designs, you know, another person writes, another person posts, or we alternate. um, And and we have a structure in a set time that those things are done so that it's not an all day, every day sort of thing. Yes. And if we were really automating it, we could actually pre-schedule it into a scheduling software for, which we've talked about, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. (laughs) Work in progress. Yeah. Well, I hope that we've given you some you know, things to think about, maybe, you know, look into ways that you can use tech to your advantage and um, figure out what systems might help to ease. I mean, figure out what's bugging you the most, what's the most stressful thing and just attack one thing at a time. So yeah, what's one thing you can let go of? (laughs) Yeah. What's one thing you can delegate somebody else? You are going to be great at this. Go do this, please. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And and report back and tell us what you did. Thanks again for joining us today on the Cairo Mom podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear our next episode. And follow us on Instagram at Cairo Mom Podcast.